0: (laughs) that's how to set a mood
1: light one up and pour one down happy ash wednesday Happy Mardi Gras, everybody. Fats Domino's birthday was yesterday. It's today. And today. (laughs) You were this many days old when you learned that Fats Domino, one of the greatest rock and roll stars from New Orleans.
0: One of the greatest
1: ever. Yeah. February 26th. This song's called Mardi Gras New Orleans. I'm, in New
0: Orleans I'm gonna see the money
1: gonna... What are you gonna do there?
0: know one of eight children had eight children sold what 65 million copies next
1: elvis presley is the biggest recording star of yes. the 50s um he is new orleans music and he fantastically uh, didn't speak english till he was five right he spoke creole mm-hmm. because he is that authentically new orleans and has the awesome creole name of antoine right about five foot two, five foot three?
0: Yeah, not...
1: Coming in at 240, 250? Not the tallest. Bigger when he looked later. He was just smashing. How
0: much did he say he spent on food a day? $250
1: on groceries a day. And he <laughs> had a gumbo cooking in his place all the time. Well,
0: I assume there were always lots of musicians hanging around. Oh,
1: sure. And he was beautiful. Um, he loved his family and he loved his wife. And what he missed most when he was on the road, and he was on the road for oh, a good 25, 30 years... Uh, before he started not going on the road as much, was New Orleans cooking. And he would bring all the food along. He liked to and, cook. And he'd cook in the hotels, yeah. which is just fantastic. Tostic light one up. Pour one down. Um, I
0: assume today is rather quiet in New Orleans. After, <laughs> after Mardi Gras.
1: <laughs> you can uh, 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 get the idea uh, in this um, unbelievable refuse heap that's happening right now that uh, we're going to take the easy way out and uh, celebrate New Orleans and, and Mardi Gras. Um Every time you and I have been, we've had the best time. Uh, we haven't been in a long time, which is a bloody pity.
0: Yeah, a few years. Uh, it's just, it's so uh, full of things to do and, and, and people to hang out with and music and the venues and the, the venues that stay open all night. and. Uh, There's
1: more 24-hour grocery stores than any place on earth.
0: Food is, is uh, very important there.
1: And drinking and while you're driving and walking.
0: Yeah, that's a little exciting.
1: That you can buy a frozen daiquiris at drive through places, and you can, of course, buy hurricanes and every manner of booze uh, and walk down the street with it. And then it starts pouring raining, of course. I don't think anyone's ever gone to New Orleans and not got caught in a driving thunder squall that comes out of nowhere
0: what i love is that you're going to encounter people with a lot of personality Mm. that have a tale to tell and are willing to spend all the time in the world having a conversation with you as we so often discuss
1: it's a a boring world indeed where everybody's on their phone all the time and everyone's just ordering postmates and looking at the back of their uber driver's head and never engaging anyone and in new orleans much like all the fun places we like to go edinburgh paris Um, No one allows you to act that way. You ain't looking at your phone in New Orleans because... Yeah, you're not going
0: to get away with that.
1: There's a dude directing traffic wearing, last time we were there, a Roman skirt and sandals. Well, no,
0: he was was wearing gold hot pants. Ah,
1: gold hot pants. I misremembered.
0: And he he was critiquing the Mm -hmm. pedestrians, which was the extra, extra special part.
1: He was holding up cars. Mind you... In an unofficial capacity. (laughs) This was not sanctioned by the uh, New Orleans Police Department, such as they are. He was simply a guy in gold hot pants directing traffic. And there were some rather large tourists. He had
0: a whistle. Well, he was passing judgment on on maybe their their clothing. Their attire wasn't up to his standards because, obviously, he had thought about an ensemble. Oh, no,
1: his outfit was well thought out. And he was... (laughs) And he stopped them. And then he let them go. Stop cars. It was... any.
0: Well, there's this feeling uh, in New Orleans that costume is not relegated to just a few days of the year.
1: I believe that we saw more straight men of every stripe wearing the most floofy... Everyone looked like they were... um, in the bugaloos or they were wearing ermine or they had a, a boa on or they were wearing beads and oh. purple and pink remember the cat oh by my the God. restaurant that was so great. he looked like bingo was, from the banana splits he was Swiss. just
0: sauntering by and it was like yeah. what I'm wearing a, a big pink feather cape and yeah, this is a my pink feather I just cape. need to do some errands
1: and then there was the dude on the he was a portly middle aged dude on, a motor, on an enormous motorcycle and he was wearing all purple with mm-hmm. the purple helmet
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, no you really can't be colorful what? enough there
0: as a RuPaul always po- points out, once you're born, everything you wear from that point on is drag. Yeah. You're making a choice yeah. what you're wearing. Well, so what? make that choice be a good one, like I, a pink feathered cape. I
1: couldn't agree more. Although pink uh, feathered capes really don't suit me. And, and, uh, <laughs> uh, female... I'm not saying it's
0: for everyone.
1: It isn't. Uh, you have I've, to
0: pick your own bag.
1: I've worn female drag, I think, twice in my life, and you were there for one of them when we shot... <laughs> A show years ago in London with uh, our good buddy, Neil Malarkey, from the Comedy Store Players, who was formerly partners with Mike Myers. And um, when Mike Myers and Neil, I guess, started the Comedy Store Players back in the day with a couple other people, who I'm forgetting now, and you can write me later. Um, In any case, what was the point of the story? We made uh, this TV show called The Amazing Colossal Show, uh, and we were given free reign with the entire uh, library of American international horror pictures. So we picked I Was a Teenage Werewolf, I Was a Teenage Frankenstein (laughs) and then the vampire one which was I Was a Teenage Dracula but it's not called That's like called Evil School for Girls or something. Remember there's like a a, a vaguely lesbian instructor. The the, Teenage
0: Werewolf one is quite entertaining.
1: Really good. It has the upside down shot when the girl's hanging from the um, the gymnastic bars in the gym and he comes in as the werewolf with a school jacket on (laughs) and it's Michael Landon who in real life had the greatest hair, like Wait, Michael well, Lennon had walk right, and He was verging hair. on yeah, werewolf. werewolf. Uh,
0: the scene in the kitchen when his dad finds him.
1: He goes, um, I left some hamburger for you. Try <laughs> to cook it this time. <laughs> Don't eat it raw like you did last time.
0: Right, like a Rosemary's <laughs> baby scene. Yeah,
1: and then cook. he says to the dad, um, I know what I am. I know what I become. <laughs> he becomes a teenage werewolf who terrorizes his high school while they play rock and roll and drive around in 50s cars. It is the greatest movie. Teenage Frankenstein, The Mask, after a while, gets a little old. Teenage Dracula, I quite love. It's buzzy, but it's weird. So we used those <laughs> movies and we made uh, a TV show and we did a segment where it was like a morning program and Neil was the the genial host with like a Wolfman Jack goatee a, <laughs> and a pompadour and a, and a big Angora sweater that I owned then. And I was the um, undead weatherman.
0: You had a collection of fifties leather bomber jackets. I, too. I had uh, you kind of had a the fifties wardrobe. You know,
1: Jennifer, you and I came through the eighties together, and there's a lot to answer for. <laughs> I had a jacket that wasn't a members-only jacket, but you remember it was like a soft poplin green jacket. That one was pretty hard. Going. I try
0: to forget that one, but yeah. I was thinking about the the bitchin'. Uh, it was it was a uh, you got it from a thrift store, and it was yeah. that. Thick leather from maybe the forties? I was
1: gonna say it was a late forties it was a motorcycle jacket from the late forties. I remember John Cooper came
0: over to our house in London and he was admiring Yeah, he was kind of like hmm. I could use that. It
1: was the real deal, and the leather was cracked and mm-hmm. uh, and more stiff. And the sewing was so good in it that the lining never came out of it and stuff. Like it, it, it was, was so.
0: It was going to survive anything, oh, though.
1: The nuclear at hol- oh, which we were getting in the fifties. In the fifties, the p- plot of every other movie that wasn't Fear of a Teenage Planet was. Um, a nuclear uh, accident makes ants ginormous and they attack LA yep. or a nuclear accident makes um, a sea creature enormous and it attacks Tokyo or a nuclear accident happens and an octopus attacks the Golden Gate rich.
0: I may have imagined this because I, I love Christopher Lee movies and I, I will watch hours and hours of yes. them, however horrible they might be. And, oh, uh, I don't think
1: they're a horrible. Job, right?
0: <laughs> and uh, I think there's one with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee where they're uh, Is this the turtles? Fighting radioactive tortoises. Oh
1: my God.
0: And. Uh, Do
1: you remember the name of this fine of motion course picture? Not. Oh. I don't
0: even remember if I'm, you know, putting several films together to make it this mm, fantasy tortoise racing radioactive you're remembering, island.
1: You've told me this story fantasy. enough that because it, you, as to get more That's specific, sad that I've
0: told you several times, you're not playing.
1: Yeah, just a little of it. Really,
0: Christopher Lee. Yeah, just a little Lee. Yeah, yeah, because
1: it's it's just smashing. There's nothing better than. Um, we went
0: from Bats Domino to Christopher Lee.
1: Where's the singing?
0: Are we calling it singing?
1: Well, uh, it.
0: He loved doing that album. Yeah,
1: he was uh, astonishing. Okay. Oh, here's one: um, Massacre of the Saxons. <laughs> <laughs> To the light the sun. That's Christopher Lee singing. The, war the, to take the, war the side. Side.
0: Yes, he of Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Oh yeah. Managed to. I mean, I, I never thought he would die. He,
1: he didn't. He's quite undead, he Jennifer. But oh, how many times did you wait outside his square uh, that he lived in? I used to, I used to in walk in around London?
0: his neighborhood just. Thought I might run into him.
1: Well, who was it who did? And they had to help him get out of the car. or oh, they was, tried it, to it help was him. Stephen, it was our buddy. Yeah, Stephen's it was Elaine.
0: wife Elaine, yeah. and and she thought that he needed help. And then, as he, uh, <clears throat> right, as he got out of the car, she like stepped back and went, "Oh my God, uh, you're." A,
1: Armita understand that she was offering help to a six-foot-four actor who was a polyglot who spoke seven languages, whose who mother was killed a countess. Ben
0: in the war. He was
1: in, he was in special ops in the war and wouldn't tell anyone what he did. The Peter Jackson story, Peter Jackson says, You don't know what it sounds like when a man gets stuck between the ribs with a knife. And Christopher Lee stopped the shooting of the second Lord of the Rings movie and went, Peter, I do.
0: <laughs> he said there's a special
1: sound that it makes the last air coming out of your lungs when you stick someone from behind. <laughs> And she thought that person, who was the lead singer... Needed
0: a little assistance. And on Massacre of the
1: Saxons.
0: Apparently he didn't need any assistance at all.
1: From the album Charlemagne and the Omens of Death. <laughs> and she was going <laughs> to help him? Yeah. Uh, I remember that... Stephen
0: he, he, encountered him a co- well, yeah. several times because he was working nearby. And, and at one point, uh, he said to Stephen, I'd like a word... And, made, no, no, no. and made, made him come into. And I swear to God, this is true. Stephen uh, was overseeing a project, and a lot of the people on the project were Romanian. what Stephen does? Romanian. He he's an interior designer. A lot of the people who were working with him were Romanian, and Christopher Lee spoke to them in their language, was his mother and not they Romanian? knew who. No, his mother but was Italian.
1: Somebody was Romanian in there.
0: No, he just spoke many languages.
1: He would. Yeah. Well, he was an intelligence officer in the
0: yeah, law. and. And the, apparently the, the workers, He's as you can German, imagine, French, knew Italian. who he was yeah. and were terrified.
1: First of all, what is Dracula. Romania the home to? Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> who played Dracula more than Christopher Lee? Nobody <laughs> is the answer to that question. Who played Van Helsing more than anyone? Peter Cushing. Um, I think Christopher Lee is in 300 movies. Is he in a John Carradinian amount of he, movies? Yeah,
0: it just goes on It's and on. easily
1: 250. Well,
0: also, he was in two franchises at the very end. in his, oh, late, in his 80s. Late 80s. He yeah. was booking like mad.
1: He was in the three Star Wars pictures and two Lord of the Rings pictures.
0: We've gone off the rails here. We we're No, we haven't. No,
1: Mardi Gras is coming right back into the picture here because... Um, you know, the the reason why we started on the whole thing was I wore drag on The Amazing Colossal right. Show. I actually I, saw, I,
0: if you said there were two times, I saw both times because there was the time in San Francisco on stage.
1: Was you I a waitress? The,
0: you were a waitress. Oh, that's
1: right. The Denny's Waitress. You were an routine. evil,
0: evil waitress. Yeah, right,
1: right, And I believe the line, no, I won't do that line. Yeah, no. But it, it was very funny. Um, it was borrowed from the movie Full Metal Jacket and I was a Denny's Waitress and the people I was teaching to be waitresses weren't. Learning fast enough You're for kind me. of
0: giving a riff raff Richard O'Brien waitress.
1: Yeah. And uh I said, uh, do I have to gouge your eyes out and skull F you with the spatula? <laughs> you can choose classic. To this. classic. Uh, and then the, you didn't see me one time, I was at Penn, yes, Penn we oh, members right. of the T-Rub family oh, that yes, have attended. I, re- yeah, I And I did the Cloak and Dagger Club. What's it called? The Bull and Feathers. You know, one of their, their drama club, which is August, by the way, and famous and goes back a million years. Sure. And they were forced uh, like 30 years ago to let women in. And then they were forced after that to oh, let people God. of color in. That you know, it's one of those so schools. so hard
0: for them. It's right
1: in the middle of Philly. It's a really beautiful campus. Of course. It's, you know, like, it's like, well, it's Penn, isn't it? And not Penn State, mind you. Penn, which is a more chi-chi. So they said, do you want anything? And I said, yes, I'd like a bottle of vodka. And they're like, we're not allowed to have alcohol in the theater. And I was like, then what type of theater is this? (laughs) And so they got me a bottle of alcohol and they, they, I swear to God, this was t- three years ago. It was in the modern era. This isn't the Christopher Lee era of World War II when I stuck a guy in the ribs and he hissed his last breath out of my face like the Nazi scum that he was or whatever as I were- leapt over the wall in the dead of night and spoke Romanian to the guard to get out and showed my false papers, but I didn't care anyway because I was tall. Uh, it's not that. A guy comes up to me and he goes, um,
0: The bottle's in your dressing room.
1: And I was like, Really? <laughs> Really? So I went in my dressing room and they had put it on the floor behind a chair. Don't people
0: understand rules are meant to be broken?
1: Evidently not. As Jim Swinney, our good buddy, said the reason why improv can be funny at all is you learn all the rules of improv so that you know what you're doing when you break all of them. Yes. Um any yes, case. Please. So I did drag in that show and um you would have been really proud of me because I acted like the biggest slag that ever lived. <laughs> I was horny. <laughs> you
0: were a Taluda bankhead. No, yeah.
1: I was on fire and <laughs> uh I had to eat a McDonald's hamburger. They gave me a mini dress. Really? Mm. I wore a mini dress with tights, well, I think. Well, you've got good legs. I have good legs. That's that. Fair enough. But my face and female <laughs> drag. Oh, my God. Talk about Charlie Watts. It's just like, what are you... <laughs> oh, my God, Who's right? shipping older creepy men? <laughs> it's not good, Bill. I love, uh, to, you know, drag artists and, and drag in general, but uh, I'm not... I uh, can't do... Uh, female drag, I don't
0: Are we going to segue into Big Frida or what's happening Well, now? yeah, I
1: was going to play a little of Bo Dallas oh, and yeah, the please. Wild Magnolias please, because, please. Um, first of all, this is how it's spelt. B-O, and then the next name, Dallas, D-O-L-L-I-S, and the Wild Magnolias. This one's called Honan May. Whoa, it jumps right in.
0: I heard this the other day, and I had to stop, pull over, and write the name of the song down. Hey, hipster,
1: can I ask you, what were you listening to it on so that the rest of us can... Well,
0: it, it was it was just a, a satellite jazz radio station. Really? And they the they were doing a whole Mardi Gras special. Oh, yeah, yeah. Special. So- And I had never heard this song before And I just thought it was fantastic And it's just a jam that goes on and on And it's just You mean like you're
1: walking down the street Wearing pink uh, feathered boots purple And skulls on your face Exactly
0: You had better show up
1: Is anything more elaborate, Jennifer uh, In the United States Than the dedication and uh, Unbelievable craftsmanship I saw a documentary once um, And I sent you pictures from it I was on Air Canada going to TO And uh this like two hour documentary on the preparation, the dances, the the making this the elaborate costumes. If you've never yes, seen a Mardi Gras costume, Google Mardi, Mardi Gras costume. There's Mardi
0: Gras, but there's also a gazillion other parades. Mm. And Mobile, Alabama claims to have the first Mardi Gras, so there's you know contention.
1: They did have the first Mardi Gras, right? They're both on the Gulf. I mean, we're talking about. But I mean,
0: isn't that beautiful?
1: Yes, it's unbelievably beautiful. And that it's a chance for people to act flamboyant uh, in a wildly, sort of, awesomely incorrect way—not not white guys tipping over the cart way, but everybody taking back the fucking right to do this way. Be I think creative.
0: It's... Well, like it, it's no longer uh, a thing on Castro, but uh, Halloween on Castro Street in San Francisco used to be all of that. I remember oh the God. first time and you and I, were I was together say you and I were together with a group of people uh, the first time I went to uh, Halloween on Castro Street there was a, a black guy who was in a red uh, unitard Yes, with his face painted red and he was crouching on a fire hydrant and he looked at us and he said is it real or is it Memorex <laughs> and I just thought this is the best thing ever I, I came I've I've moved I've moved to the right city and I'm I'm thrilled. I, this is. This was is he where, doing
1: it to every single person? I don't know. Who walked by? You have to. We have to go back and explain. He, I
0: don't think he could have held that pose for long.
1: Yeah, not explain, but uh, amplify what that is. There was an ad in the seventies, and they'd play a, a clip from like a jazz record or a classical record, some instrumental-heavy virtuoso stuff, and then they'd go were you listening to a live band or was it on tape? Right. And they go, is it real or is it Memorax? Like that. And it was so portentous. And because they, you know, they'd show them playing or whatever. And you were supposed to, then they'd, uh-oh, the finger just pushed the stop button. And, oh, no, that was a tape. I can't believe my ears but that was what was considered ho- I love sitting on this fire hydrant yes. do you remember the peace March we went on on Market Street in 2003 that was during the Iraq War in San and, Francisco yeah right? there was like a quarter of a million people really crowded
0: is uh, this the, the, the guy that yes. was
1: yes the, 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 he was wearing a pink like running uh, tight kind of Dacron
0: it, it was it was not flattering. No, but nor it was, was he. Yeah, it was delightful. He was
1: on the metro uh, stop in the middle of Market yes. Street. The metro stops are these weird islands with bars around them, so you're like in an Eastern European penal colony, awaiting a train that's coming. You want to
0: dampen down the aesthetics, right? With some and ob- make it ugly public.
1: You could slip or fall off of that onto the tracks, which is my favorite part of it. Like, why have it up? And it's it, because it, the it, train's too yeah, high for you to board. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't make sense. So he was standing on one of these as a quarter of a million people passed him. And to every single group that passed, he went, all we are saying is give peace a chance. <laughs> and then at the same parade, there was an angry veteran from the Vietnam War with a wheelchair that in sign that said, I was in the Vietnam War, where were you? Hectoring everyone for protesting the Iraq War, right?
0: Because he was angry
1: that he didn't. We
0: hit. we weren't there with him earlier, mm-hmm. even if we weren't born right. early enough. It
1: misses the point on some issues, I think that's protest. But on the other but hand, I, I can understand, it nonetheless. It, and his righteous anger,
0: yeah, it was beautiful.
1: But yes, he was hectoring people at a peace march. But then Jennifer said, "Once upon a time, what was it? I'm here because I like butterflies." Like the agendas that are. Well,
0: we we were at an ACLU. Oh God. Benefit because we are yeah we are those irritating people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I can hear
1: my limousine revving (laughs) (laughs) because I'm a liberal.
0: And uh, it, it was memorable for many things, not least because we met Catwoman that day.
1: Oh, um, I remember that one.
0: Right, and
1: Julie Newmar was there, you know, and I made her autograph she, my book. She
0: was so fun. She's great. And uh, gorgeous. Really beautiful. And
1: ten and a half feet tall. <laughs> Still looks fabulous. Really tall. Well, she taller was a than...
0: dancer, and and she's yeah, she's she like boots on the night. Oh,
1: and was wearing high boots, and she's elegant.
0: She autographed a political book for you that mm-hmm. had nothing to do with anything, and then you have to keep that book forever because Julie New- Newmar wrote it. Do you it. think
1: she still owns the property? She so- she told us she owned that. I night. hope so.
0: But anyway, that yes, night... Yes,
1: Julie Newmar disclosed property that she owned to us. It was great. People
0: were uh, fighting about the most inane things, yeah. and that's when I said, you know, we have to have our group... Uh, liberals Democrats we have to include people who are fighting about I I want to protect butterflies I'm I, I like I love... soup yeah. <laughs> um, I don't I I, I can't uh, be here because someone's smoking
1: yeah I'm you know what I'm not marching anymore someone's wearing leather I mean it but
0: we have to be that group
1: I know but we're the herding cats giant tent group yeah and that means allowing a lot of people in who you might find personally uh, you know, not, to your,
0: not well, to your taking. you know, kind of exhausting, yeah. but, you know, that's just the way it is.
1: Well, uh, that was always my joke, right? The, I said fascists always win because fascists don't care. They've got the one goal in mind, mm-hmm. stomp, 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 kill, 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 make pain, pain, pain. Because that's, you know, how they keep the, the their own emotional hate goiter fed at all times so that they don't have to face the reality that they're looking in a terrible mirror and they know they're living in an abyss. The point is this... Uh, Every, the other side means everyone.
0: Right. Literally everyone is the not majority. a fascist. So
1: it's like 75% of the population.
0: I'd like to think it's more. Right.
1: It's a lot of people. I mean, uh, there's also the indifferent wing of everybody, which, how, which how is about, you, what, 30, well, 40%? I that that's
0: the white entitled straight well, there's that. male. Then there's also I just, have enough money to be checked yeah. out.
1: Yes. there's That's a huge swath of the culture. And then there's
0: the angry, shouty, white male... Guy who I'm doesn't right understand here. his privilege but still just wants to shout a lot. I'd like to talk over do you right anything now. Effective. Just <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: yes, we- there is. And there's also, you know, uh, people who believe that, you know, leprechauns live inside your brain and shit. And I love it. Those you know. people
0: I don't need to hear from as mm-hmm. much.
1: No, but they're in the tent. We,
0: we need to, you know, vaccines are good.
1: Oh, well, I think there's a couple of... This is what binds (laughs) us. Science is good. I was going to say, the things that bind us is belief in science, uh, belief that women are people, belief that um, queer people and trans people are people, that there should be complete equality across the board, that maybe uh, Native Americans have been given a raw deal, and that maybe white guys have had the conch for a long time, and that maybe we could set it down for a second.
0: And Puritans, and your misery, just (sighs) cease. Can we, can we talk about Catherine Johnson? I was going to say, let's get please. into all the
1: groovy people. Yeah,
0: we need—we've got a lot to go through here, and we have to. And it's—we're going to stay upbeat here. Yeah. Catherine um, Johnson uh, passed on to the heavens, and she was a hundred and one. Wow. Um, her life is so the the breadth and scope of it is is hard to really take in. Um, She said her greatest contribution to space exploration was making the calculations that helped sync Project Apollo's lunar lander with the moon orbiting command and service module. In other words, helping to put men on the moon in 1969. She was also known for her work that greatly contributed to the first American orbit spaceflight piloted by John Glenn. Mm -hmm. And famously, as portrayed in the movie Hidden Figures, he wouldn't go unless the figures of the new computer were checked by her, I believe, by he hand.
1: Demanded. That. She
0: was called a human computer. And what did he call her?
1: My math girl, my numbers girl. He had a right. He said, "I'm not going but, until she checks the figures." But
0: imagine what this woman's life was like. She
1: uh, was she not the first um, woman to attend her university?
0: She was. She was one of uh, three African American students to attend her university. And uh, her mentor at West Virginia State was Professor W.W. Schifflin Clater. And I was he, he was the first African-American to publish in a mathematical research journal and the third African-American to earn a doctorate in mathematics. And you might ask yourself, huh, what was he doing teaching at that university? Well, it was because he could not get other kinds of work. He would go to conferences, and they wouldn't let him stay in hotels.
1: Because of his incipient not
0: Yeah, and not his... Whiteness. Uh, his mentor, and this is what's so important about them helping each other. Like yes. she had, it was so fortuitous, and maybe she knew about him already, but that right. she went to the school where he was. His mentor was uh, the second. African-American to get a PhD in mathematics in the U.S. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, this is how small this circle Mm -hmm. is. And she, so she was uh, taken on by him.
1: By the way, Jennifer, we're talking about individuals. Yes. In a college, the entire United States And these these are geniuses. Right. They're not just individuals. They're extraordinary individuals.
0: After graduating in 37 with the highest honors, uh, Katherine Johnson began teaching at a public school. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what she was doing. And then she saw uh, an advertisement for a job. It was at Langley.
1: Would you like to reach for before the stars? NASA. Yeah.
0: So, and and she uh, applied, got the position, and uh, became such a, uh, well, as the NASA spokesperson said when she passed away the other day, an American hero.
1: Oh, very much so.
0: Um. Her her life is just extraordinary, and you should read all about it and watch the movie Hidden Figures, which is really lovely.
1: You might say that not only has she walked on, she's more than almost anyone we've ever said this about. Yeah, swirling in the heavens.
0: She is a star. She
1: is a bright blue star pulsing in now, the night sky.
0: Her, her life is just amazing, and the fact that her parents had faith in her, that her husband's... Uh, I I don't know specifics, but it seems as though her husbands were supportive of her, How about which that? makes that extraordinary too for the times because she was born she was a hundred and one when she passed away this week or last week rather. Um, you
1: mean when she became one with the infinite?
0: Yeah, exactly. And she was luckily she lived long enough. The other two women that were portrayed in Hidden Figures passed away in the early two thousands. Yes. Um, she was able to be at the Oscars yep. and, and came out with the stars of the film, um, and she was awarded a, a medal along with the Presidential uh, medal of. Right, medal of Freedom, with, along with Willie Mays, Greg.
1: Yeah, I tweeted the picture last <laughs> week because it's Black History Month, and I was like, Here's two people that I love so much. Willie Mays, of course, the hero well, of my youth. Could, could and there Catherine be two Johnson's. better
0: Americans?
1: No, and look look what they did.
0: Oh my God. Look
1: what they did just by being who they were. Also, and uh, I don't think you can put too fine a point on this, they're geniuses of what they do. Katherine um, Johnson was a, clearly a mathematical genius, but well, she was you also. think
0: being the first black woman at her university, yeah. she might have had to. And by the way she she was ahead 2 years. She was so advanced. Yes. She said that every day she math was her world. She counted everything.
1: Right? Her steps.
0: Mhm. And that she said that she loved every day at work. Right. loved it
1: but math people have that weird thing that for them numbers aren't to me numbers are confusing and perplexing and no, but
0: that, that's, that's not to the her they're, they're, i understand that because i loved i, I love taking poetry. calculus in college but that's just my bag but what is extraordinary about her is that all of the the being a woman being a black woman in that world being undersung she still said that how about that she said that she loved going to work every day
1: well, isn't that part? I think
0: she obviously she knew how important her part was mm-hmm. and she didn't feel angry is is the shocking part no that she wasn't given a bigger role wasn't celebrated until the very end of her life and she had to live to be a hundred and one it,
1: it was really the 90s before they got a lot of play um a, a woman um who's a playwright and a, a writer, whose uh, mother was in the program with uh, uh, Catherine His name, Duchess Harris. And she wrote a piece for the Washington Post that was really good. I'm not gonna read from it, but I will give you the very ending here. She says, um, she wrote a play about um, mm. the women. And this is the, the sentence I really like. Uh, the story remained hidden from the public. She, she goes into the, this, the history of how it was not played up enough in, in um, African-American press. And how really everybody sat on it till the '90s when she finally started to get some love. Um, but it was probably told in my family. My grandmother Miriam Daniel Mann worked with Katherine Johnson, and she told my mother Miriam Mann Harris, who told the story to me. As a historian, I stand on the shoulders of giants. Without the resources that I have, I was able to win a grant from the Virginia Humanities Council and share my family story with the world. Isn't that cool? That
0: it's lovely. Uh, but again, they have you know, like it's about mentors. It's about a real intimate.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I agree uh, that people have to help other people and that they were lucky enough to have that. But
0: when history isn't writing your story.
1: Mm -mm. Writing your story, you're not even allowed to go to school. There's only one of you. Thank you. It aims to inspire others, not just to think. She's written a play about it. Um, Not to consider the art of recovery and restoring the historical record, as you just said. To consider... The art of recovery and restoring the historical record—not just for Johnson and my grandmother, but all the black women whose labor have fueled technological, political, and economic advancement without recognition. This generation might think that they invented the term "black girl magic," but it's a concept that's been a century—one mm-hmm. hundred and year—one year since the birth of Catherine Johnson in the making. That well, was a part that I really we loved. Al-
0: we always have to recognize that. What we know about, how we hear about it, we have to question the sources and and always search for the other side of things. I mean, Helen Keller is presented as a young person who uh, learns how to communicate as as a teenager but we never know the rest of her story, that she was an amazing political activist was and Was one feminist. of
1: the leading figures Even uh, in the peace movement around the world and despite an enormous her I
0: mean, last night we showed Ridicule, and I had forgotten the powerful scene in the movie, the French film mm-hmm. from 1996 by Patrice Leconte, that there's a... a character who's based on a a real life character at the time who had a school to teach sign language and he brings his pupils in and they want to make fun
1: right because it's called ridicule the movie's called ridicule so and the the court that those children are brought in front of is a derisive French court wearing powdered wigs and beauty marks
0: right there's a moment where the the deaf sign to each other a joke Mm. And someone says, "What did they say?" And the teacher says, um, "It's it's in sign you wouldn't understand it's it. On right. and, and it. It's untranslatable, right?" And it's really uh, profound. Right.
1: All the deaf people share a joke at the expense of the aristocrats who are judging them. But we have and to always think it. about
0: it, it. Just it stands for like all that the things that are unknown that are not written down. They're mm-hmm. not in the history books. The other people.
1: You mean those who didn't have written language, but pass things down orally for thousands and tens of thousands of years? And those who get squashed to the side because they don't speak English ever Mm -hmm. or enter society that way?
0: Well, you just have to be, you know, you have to dig. You have to, you know, look, make an effort to to listen and look for other people, the other voices.
1: Well, wasn't that what uh, it was called Hidden Figures, but uh Felonious Monk said, you've got to dig it to dig it. You dig? Really? Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, look, talk about B. Smith a little bit. I didn't oh, yeah. really know that much about her. I knew that she was a gorgeous model, and but, I knew that she had a cooking affair, but she's really like... They keep calling her the Black Martha Stewart, which to wait, me is, well, she, is so terrible. Well, it's like calling someone the Black blue Gehrig or something, right? Well,
0: I, she was actually... She was really... Generous about that. And she said, Martha Stewart has presented herself doing the things domestics and African Americans have done for years. She said in a 1997 interview, uh, We were always expected to redo the chairs and use everything in the garden. This is the legacy that I was left. Martha just got there first. But the thing that's mind blowing is considering America's history, B. Smith was one of, or the first. A woman to have a, a show, to have a, articles, a restaurant, to to uh, display her talents at entertaining, at decorating, lifestyle, uh, at food. cooking. There's some YouTubes that are great with her and oh Gladys God, Knight, yeah, and those. her and Eartha Kitt, um That are really delightful. I mean, she's just such a lovely presence. And the thing that I couldn't believe because I didn't, I. Never knew this. She was the uh, she was the first black woman t- uh, to have home products a home products line sold nationwide. She was the second black model to be on oh here it is to be on the cover of Mademoiselle magazine after Julie Jones in 1969. Wow. Um, she had three successful restaurants. She was a lovely person, and she in 2016 was so brave. She came out with the fact that she had early onset dementia wow. and how brave is that?
1: Oh, she's astonishing. I mean, reading about her now um, and that uh, she was so brave and so bold. And when you, when you see the videos, well, that's the thing I want to say to everybody's you, you've got to go on YouTube and look up B Smith with Eartha Kit because yeah. it's really <laughs> top notch. Uh, top notch so entertainment cute. and, and top notch television. B Smith is uh, elegantly swirling um, toward a pair of yes, oh my gosh, velvet boots so, in the heavens. So
0: gorgeous. Um Janet Dubois passed away. Oh time. yeah,
1: I wanted you to you uh, that. Let's talk and about that. And she the, was her on her one of my talent.
0: favorite favorite shows, a Norman Lear show called Good Times. Yeah. And her shtick was always she would come in, she was the neighbor and she and uh a couple of actresses, uh, black actresses, posted her, all of her entrances. There's Oh, my on, God. So you can look it up. There's a clip that puts together all of them, and there's like a million Sweet. because she has the most yes. beautiful outfits. And she was a gorgeous woman. And she was so – I didn't realize that she also – Norman Lear phoned her up and said, can you write a song uh-huh. for my next – show, and she was like, mm, I don't know, and she just said yes and she went home and she re- learned how to do it and wrote it, and it's the theme song for the Jeffersons.
1: Uh Let's dig it.
0: I mean... Wow! Right? And by the way, Good Times was such... An instructive show. It was a lovely show. Uh, Esther Rolle was the mom. J.J. Walker.
1: How kicking is this theme?
0: John Amos, right? The theme is fantastic. Um, John Amos was the dad. Uh, Janet Jackson was Janet Dubois' daughter on the show. And they tackled topics. uh, They talked about welfare. They talked about STDs. I remember that episode. This like, is the Jeffersons, wow. yeah. right? But I was talking about good times. Oh,
1: right. The show she was on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, she's and an she astonishing And she was the figure. single
0: mom next yeah. door that would always come over and they would try to hook her up with some guy or. The montage to- is
1: great. She comes in with a dazzling variety of vests oh, and hats and, yeah. and-, and hey hey and then hey and then oh, oh, like there's yeah. every single kind of entrance. <laughs> every is mood. Just great. But the fact that she wrote oh, and sang God, the I Jeffersons loved theme her. song. I know what an enormous talent. Well, she's not just swirling in the heavens, she's indelibly etched in the cathode tube in the sky that will forever play in your mind.
0: Last week was John Lewis's birthday. Yeah. He, he turned 80. He was the youngest sp- speaker at the March on Washington which he helped plan. And 1963,
1: the the one that Martin Luther King gave this speech, I have a dream at.
0: Exactly. He was one of the big six leaders of the civil rights movement. He led the demonstration that became known as Bloody Sunday. When he crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge in 1965, state troopers attacked the march, and he was severely beaten, suffering a fractured skull.
1: Yeah, they beat his head in.
0: Obama uh, gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2001, the son of sharecroppers in Alabama. He's served in Congress since 1986. He's an American hero and... There is this this little clip online that I just love to watch every once in a while as just a mood helper. Is him dancing from two years ago? Oh, him no, dancing in Congress. Yeah, he just like starts. I can't remember the song that he's happy. He's, yeah, he's dancing I was going to say happy. he danced
1: to happy, and
0: he's just like the most delightful. And I always think like if he can have that outlook,
1: then we must. Adopt I do not that
0: have any time. That we must, man, we must also he adopt was beaten up. repeatedly mm-hmm. in the 60s.
1: By groups of racist uh, uh, officers with truncheons and, you know. Whatnot. And by
0: the way, he had a stutter like Biden. Mm-hmm. And so he would apparently go out uh, back. At,
1: and talk to the chickens.
0: Yes, he would preach to the chickens to overcome his stutter. He is just a beautiful person. And I think. Is. Is. A beautiful person that I don't think anyone has a disagreement. He's somebody that that when the Republican retired from Georgia, yeah. he went over to hug him because <sighs> uh, the man has MS. And he's just like an angel that's still with us.
1: Well, his nickname... He's the the saint. Saint. His
0: nickname in the civil rights movement was the saint. Yeah,
1: because his intentions and his actions are honorable and good.
0: No, he's just so...
1: Let's talk about that landmark piece of legislation that happened some, uh, you know, years after the anniversary of the Emmett Till and Trayvon Martin's murder and all the significance to black violence against... It's so
0: inconceivably overdue. uh, Or
1: rather, violence against black people.
0: Uh, Today... There was the vote on the anti-lynching bill, the Emmett Till bill, and you know, if you paid attention to any uh, history of America, it's disappointing, isn't it? it has uh, its we, moments we don't really, where they let we don't really clip oh, along. No. And uh, I had, I had to actually look it up today. Uh, this is an article in the Washington Post by Megan Flynn. The African American representative to Congress, George Henry White of North Carolina, tried for the first time to pass an anti-lynching bill in 1900. Mm-hmm. I think it's 2010.
1: And as you point out, um, it's only um, 35 years after the Civil War, and there's a, we're down to one
0: and black by the individual way, in we Congress. Had, we had a black person in Congress in 1900. Um,
1: but he was the last one. They were phasing the right. out. But up. yes, there was still a member of Congress. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Um. This was a bill introduced by Representative Bob, Bobby Rush in the House, spearheaded by Senator Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and yes, a Republican Senator Tim Scott, who's black mm-hmm. from South Carolina. Uh, the bill is called the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act. It makes lynching and mob killing punishable up to life in prison. On february twenty third, nineteen hundred, in a moving extended speech on the House floor, White called them out by name, questioning why some Southern Democrats could speak so sensationally about lynching in their own communities while having no concern for due process of the law or any basic sense of due. Ju- Justice for the victims. He read their own words back to them, poking holes in their apparent justifications for murder. I have simply raised my voice against a growing, and as I regard it, one of the most dangerous evils in our country. He said, I have simply raised my voice in behalf of a people who have no one else to speak for them here. Uh, The The chamber chamber. erupted in prolonged applause according to a note in the library of congress but his bill promptly died in committee mm. then one year later north carolina passed a measure to disenfranchise thousands of black voters and it would be 30 more years before there was another black congressman he urged afterward he urged lawmakers to remember his anti-lynching af- efforts saying the arena of the lyncher no longer is confined to southern climes but is stretching its hydra head all over parts of the union. And I don't think anything could be uh, speak of what's going on now than that comment.
1: No question. And so the bill that was, um, was it passed by Congress tonight? I, I got an email that Ted Lou voted for it.
0: It was passed, and then it was uh, now it has to be signed into law by the Orange.
1: Right. And Scott 45. Booker and Harris backed it, who are the three black members of the Senate.
0: Yes. Only three.
1: Yeah. So representation uh, is everything. And and what a wonderful moment, though, to get an anti-lynching bill passed during this inconceivable um,
0: tempest. There's an investigative reporter in the South in Mississippi named Jerry Mitchell, who has a book out now, who uh, has been a crusading journalist for years, uh, hunting down uh, the KKK. Mm. And... He always points out the the Emmett Till Memorial in Mississippi has been used as target practice. It's been damaged oh, innumerable times by white supremacists. Well, so, uh, no. so to call this the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act. Oh, no.
1: It's, it's just fantastic. What a, what a wonderful moment. We're not moment. talking
0: about ancient history.
1: Uh, no, we're not. Uh, let's talk about Big Frida, uh, uh, you best to believe. You best believe it. Uh, the Queen of Balance. Uh She's got a new jam out called Chasing Rainbows with Kesha. I'm gonna spin a little here because I want you to hear it, but also I'm gonna uh, tell you what's coming up. I had to go
0: with this one, y'all. Let's go. by the, the way, at the Bible, beginning she's ascending to heaven in a rainbow.
1: Later they ride unicorns, and it's great. And she keeps Uh,
0: saying, I'm praying for my enemies.
1: Big Frida Minute documentary about gun violence that's um, coming out soon. It's called
0: called, uh, Frida Got got a Gun. Frida Got a Gun. It's with Charles Blow, Mm -hmm. and it's about combating gun violence in the black community, and in New Orleans in particular. Her brother was shot a couple of years ago, and she herself has... a bullet in her arm that they couldn't remove.
1: Yeah. That's still going on. Um, the video is really good fun. And um,
0: Oh my God, it's so cute. There's unicorns and rainbows and unitards.
1: It's everything I approve of. Uh, we showed Ridicule. We're going to be showing on the 11th, um, High and Low by I'm Kurosawa. I'm so excited about that. With Tisha Mifuni.
0: Well, it, it's such a... A
1: sensational picture.
0: And I think that it... When... Parasite One. I. It was the film that I thought of was High and Low because right. it, it's a detective thriller. It's a mystery thriller about th- the frustrations and the disparity of uh, the rich and the poor. And uh, Tashiro Mafuni gives a bravura performance.
1: Oh my God, Tashiro Mafuni is so sexy and so dashy and so intelligent and so informed. It's just astonishing how uh, groovy... But it's it's
0: refreshing to see him in a modern day film.
1: Right. Because it's it's rare. Well, I mean, you know, I watched a lot of, we watched a lot of the samurai pictures, so yeah, you love seeing him contemporary because he's so groovy. Um, I'm going to be tomorrow night, if this goes out before then, um, working for Planned Parenthood of Northern California. Even if it doesn't, you should always keep Planned Parenthood at the front of your mind. Yes, please. Along with all the independent clinics in the United States. I'll be in San Francisco, and this is what's gonna happen y'all um I'm interviewing Dr. Ruth Westheimer tomorrow <laughs> and I'm supposed to ask her what the secret to hot sex is and what wow. her favorite position is oh god she's well in her 90s I'm guessing
0: on a liposun or a stallion watch what you do is you crash the penis by the base and then you you spin around it like an
1: elf all night long until the light is formed in every fiber of everyone's being um I can't wait uh for this tomorrow because it's really a <laughs> you live your life and you try That's to crank hour right like you try to live in the precepts of um, a crank hour oh my god it is a crank hour and a crank hour would be the a crank hour um for our uninitiated listeners is a enormous German sausage thank you Jennifer uh we'll be at uh, dr Ruth Westheimer and her crown collar at bimbo's 365 club which as you recall, in the heyday and in the day and in the nay day, and in today, um, has a mermaid in a tank.
0: Still? Shouldn't they? Well, oh.
1: When I did a gig there years ago with Aisha and um, Vinny, it wasn't Vinny, it was, I think it was Sarah and No Name then. I don't know if Vinny would come back yet. But we, I did a gig in San Francisco with the, all of them. And uh, uh, I believe the mermaid was in the tank then. It's, so it's, it's an optical cute. illusion. Like,
0: yeah,
1: th- there's a girl wearing a mermaid outfit, and because it's San Francisco, it's like black right. lipstick. No, no
0: mermaids were harmed.
1: No, no mermaids are harmed. And not. And the the mermaid is not a beguiling blonde like Ariel. It's always a gothy, right? Tattoo-y. San Francisco. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it's. I don't know why there was always a mermaid. So when you walk by an enormous aquarium and in the aquarium, what appears to be a woman um, in a mermaid outfit and she's got a tail and everything and she waves at everybody and flaps at them and whatnot with her enormous um, cetacean affair. I'll be there tomorrow. Planned Parenthood can always use your help because women's health is a, a, of paramount well, I importance, think
0: especially because Mitch McConnell is is about ready to try to tackle that yep. Supreme Court on a couple of uh, women's choice. We're going to make the big
1: push before the election, and that's what he decided to die on that hill. He right, he's got, over, he's got over
0: he's got over two hundred and fifty bills that were passed in the House on issues ranging ranging from climate change to. Uh, legalization of marijuana to women's reproductive rights that are just sitting there.
1: But he's chosen to weaponize it and immediately go for the GOP's big move, which is always misogyny Mm -hmm. and always casting women as villains and whatnot.
0: Well, women might not vote for Republicans, so you got to keep them.
1: Um, I think, well, I'm hoping and I pray that it's true. I I think that the Republicans have lost almost. Everyone. Yeah.
0: Everyone. I mean, who, who's still on board?
1: I, you know huh, I I, I bought a ob- a couple weeks ago right and now. I, yeah uh, let's see here so that's tomorrow night and that's in San Francisco at bimbo's you can That'd go to greatgroups.com and it's going to be really fun. Then I'm going to uh, Broward uh, Center for the Performing Arts and that's in Fort Lauderdale Florida on the weirdest day of the year the leap day So when I went into the uh, marijuana dispensary tonight Jennifer
0: mm-hmm. the
1: woman behind the counter went, yeah, that's on the 29th. I said, what about your big sale? And they were, had, there was a sign outside. And She went, what big sale? And I said,
0: there's a, <laughs> there sign, a outside. sign outside. Yeah, sign but she didn't know about there it. There
1: was a chalkboard outside that said, <laughs> big sale, the 29th. If you buy an 8th, you get all these pre-rolls and whatnot. And it was an outlandish number, like 19 or something. And so I said to her, what about the big sale? And she went, what big sale? And I went, it's on the sign outside. And she went, I haven't looked at it yet. And, and the other woman who was there to sell vapes laughed. And I was like, well, that's okay. You're
0: not saying it's a scam, are you? She said. That everyone who enters forgets later what happened? the,
1: The woman behind the counter said, it's so weird that there's this extra day this year.
0: Wow. It's really hard when you wake up and have to know things.
1: You know me quite well. What do you think my response to that was? think about it <laughs> i said the mayans
0: it must be so hard yeah exactly which calendar said, are we working with the
1: mayans um never had to insert a day every four years to make up for their weak astronomical calculations i said they had a an almost geometrically perfect calendar well, didn't
0: we just have the the persian new year in la yes. which is a very big deal in and la the food The food, the fire, the jumping, it's always at the beach. You have to jump over the fire,
1: yeah. It's really good. I love pistachio ice cream. We've got good objects here. Yeah.
0: I mean, what calendar are we really working with?
1: Well, if you're talking Persian calendar, we're in the fourth. Apparently,
0: the dope calendar just, you know, whatevs, whatevs.
1: The Jewish calendar and the Chinese calendar are like Bronze Age, you know, we're not. Uh, Speaking of uh, that, let's go back to Florida for a minute where (laughs) um, uh, I'll be on Saturday night, the 29th, which is the Mayan Year 7 read. Hmm. I made that up. Then uh, the 2nd of March, uh, we'll be back on the Monday at uh, the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles, which is good fun and a lovely room. And uh, uh, please come and join us there uh, if you're in the L.A. area. I know it costs money and I know... um, you have to go to a destination, and it's I a nice appreciate theater. it. It's really lovely. It's A
0: nice space.
1: Also, um, and you know, I don't say this as a novice. The popcorn's quite good. <laughs> really, that's enough to induce you to go to a gig. I, I'm childish, yes. I, the the popcorn they gave us a bucket of it, and gee whiz, they! Couldn't... I'm
0: excited that we're at the Arrow because the the film club is now at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica, and it's such a nice place.
1: Hmm. It's, the, the air is moist and right, fragrant. you've got a, little
0: fo- a little fog coming in. It's and moist and fragrant. It's easy to park, which is always an issue. The neighborhood
1: is a warm, collegial... If you're a white person or you know of white people, you will feel so comfortable there. <laughs> and, and
0: yet we get a diverse crowd there. Thank you very much.
1: We get... Um, well, Jennifer's picked so many great films and... Last night we showed ridicule, as we discussed. The month before... Where they
0: were worried about draining a swamp, and there was a mad king. Huh. It seems like
1: it smacked of verisimilitude for a time parallel to ours in almost every respect. Um, the people in the countryside were having to chew it because they didn't have the money. They were and dying. The, and the, Right. And the influence to uh, do anything in court. When they sent emissaries, the emissaries were forced to... Um, fall into a terrible, corrupt world of sycophancy and, uh, and and trading sex for favors and stuff. And that is so accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: then we'll be in um, uh, uh, East Greenwich, Rhode Island. We're doing Where? a part... East Greenwich? Joel Johnson and I <laughs> oh, are performing so a exciting. stand-up show Joyelle. at the Greenwich Odium in um, Rhode Island. I, as you... I uh, thought it might have been another state initially, but then I moved over. How st-
0: stoned were you at the time?
1: Uh, are you asking me to make you a You thought fight?
0: it might be another state. You're not really overly familiar with the eastern seaboard. No,
1: though, I'm not, so Jennifer. It's interesting that you uh, point a, a spotlight at that particular hole in my geographical.
0: But this gig is where?
1: Well, it's in East Greenwich, which I just called Greenwich, in Rhode Island. <laughs> but it's at a really lovely venue called the Greenwich Odium. And that's um March 20th Joel uh, and Jennifer and I met up at um, one of Liz Winstead's fantastic pro-choice fates
0: Joel is in Jackson Mississippi brave. she has can I tell the story the is nerve- it which story?
1: So, Joyal and I, oh are, my God. we we did it. There was a place called Dueling Hall in Jackson, and I, you know, as you know, my mother's from uh, Casilla, Mississippi. Uh, my uh, whole mother's side of my family.
0: Sometimes is, your accent travels from Brooklyn to Mississippi to the Bay Area.
1: Right. My father's from Brooklyn. My mother's from Mississippi, and I'm San Carlos. Right. Via San Francisco, or San via San Francisco via San Carlos. Anyway. Uh, like uh, okay now I'm derailed here the,
0: the story of you and Joyelle.
1: so we're in Jackson Mississippi and
0: which was exciting
1: Jackson Mississippi is you know a really fast is a really fascinating place
0: and let no one look down on that i'm so sick of people saying like oh well they should have split off or i don't why does anyone go there um because there are some beautiful people there and Jackson is fantastic, and there we had such a good time. the The clinic, the people that run it, are wonderful. the The restaurants are great. the The venue was great.
1: What hasn't Mississippi given to America? Uh,
0: authors, musicians.
1: The I was going to say Mississippi the Delta. Bl- the blues.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, literature, poetry.
0: We have to lift everybody up and allow everyone to vote is the problem it is the problem is not the people that are living in parts of Mississippi. No, they're not being counted Is the problem.
1: Uh, quite right. So we met Joy all there and we, uh, Joyal and I were out in front of the, um, gig at dueling hall. And, you know, it was, um, the abortion access fronts gig, um, and a different name then. And the cat who was working the door was a Mississippi person who uh, worked at the venue. And he was wearing a, a 45, um automatic weapon on mm-hmm. his hip as a sidearm. And he and I engaged. And he goes, fantastically, I was wearing um, all my rouge and whatnot and giant hair. What do they call it? Oh, it's an
0: abortion access. Force. Forgive me,
1: Jennifer. Sorry, here, good jump that in.
0: Abortion access force is Liz Winstead's organization.
1: You'll forgive me, my eyesight is uh, terrible at this you know, advanced age, and uh, this cat. Uh, I didn't, uh, you know, bring it up the gun or whatnot, even though I felt like the gun was a giant it's issue. Pretty scary. We're white, not
0: used to that in California.
1: White guys feel a real need there to have that.
0: Well, we've talked about uh, recently on the the porpoise why California has such stringent gun laws. The and black it goes panthers. Back to the black panthers, and so it's a whole other bag in Mississippi where you're confronted with white men, dudes, white guys with open carry guns.
1: Including the doorman of the Dueling Hall for a pro-choice benefit, which he knew was a pro-choice mm-hmm, benefit, mm-hmm. and was going along with, and in and fairly good humor, he wasn't
0: And they got, anyone or. I the the thing I, I was just it, I think we were all relieved there were no protesters, but we had to imagine that there might be right, but there weren't.
1: There weren't on the night
0: because that part of Jackson is pretty groovy, and I don't I I think they realized they weren't welcome.
1: Right, the R D part of Jackson. Also, let's be uh, brutally frank: uh, they weren't being paid after hours. Like the t- the daytime gigs that they yeah, do in front of the uh, the Pink House in Jackson, they're well compensated for, and that's why right, they go from there out already. of state. And the, uh, yeah, the the agents giant cabal of chaos, that, right? That um, supports that anti choice nonsense. But uh, on the night, uh, so we went outside to, as you would, um, uh, as we say. In the day, um, hack a bone, smoke a bone. <laughs> Warren would say hack a bone. Um, someone else today posted on Twitter that they were partial to the when they went to school. It was smoke a bone. And um, Joel and I were in the car park, as it were. Um, she's quite tall.
0: And also imagine everybody there is is uh, a person of color, uh, mostly women. There were some trans people, mm. uh, some gay people. We were a little on edge.
1: Well, for, yeah, for that area of Jackson, although it was the arty area. So uh, we're standing outside, and we're smoking a joint, and uh, a police cruiser comes up, uh, Jackson PD, and he's wearing one of those black hats with the badge on the front and whatnot. And he jumps out, and his uh, his weapon was um, in his hand, Mm -hmm. right? He had it port. Which is real wild when they come out with their weapon waving, right? He didn't right, have right because on, it
0: indicates they're going to use it. He didn't have
1: his hand on his holster; he had it, it you know. So wrong. In the air, and um, Joelle, of course, uh, um, is African American and from Brooklyn, and she was like uncomfortable, as you might imagine. And I said to her, um, "Don't worry if anything happens; I'm your lawyer," because I was wearing a suit. The cat at the door, uh, who was wearing the forty-five, um, said to me, "Are you in the show?" And I was like, "No." Everyone out here is wearing makeup and giant hair like me and an electric blue suit. I didn't say that to him. I said yes. And uh, Jackson, Mississippi, was you know it is
0: but say what happened, what transpired when the guy came up on you guys.
1: So he rolls up and he goes um, to the cat at the door with the forty-five. Um, They said someone was smoking marijuana on the premises, and of course we had been, yes. And the guy at the door went, he looks over our way to see me enjoy all. And uh, the guy at the door, much to his everlasting credit, goes, no, they went the other way.
0: They went the other way?
1: And the cop chased off in the other direction.
0: I thought it was that the cop who showed up thought that it was coming from another direction but that's nice to know that it was the guy at the door
1: I believe that he um uh, stood up for us
0: because god that could have been a mess
1: imagine no it's no it's beyond beyond uh then we're at the bell house on uh, the 22nd of march that's a live proofcast we haven't been back in a long time and it's really
0: that I'm really very nice very much back. looking forward to
1: we all are, and uh, then uh, we're going on the road. Uh, we're in at San Francisco again at the Punch-On in July at the end, like the 23rd through the 25th, I think it is. Who's Live um, is out on the road. Um, it's whoslive.com. Me, Ryan Styles, Jeff Davis, um, Joel Murray, and um, I don't remember everybody that's in the cast. Is that bad? Uh, There's
0: so many of them,
1: Right. Um, everything you want to know about where I am is at, uh, com, and, uh, who's live is on the road. We're going, to, oh my goodness. We're next week. We're in Washington and, um, Ana Cortez. I'll just pronounce it that way one time. <laughs> and then we, um, go on a sweep around the country. So, um, stay with us if
0: you can. Uh, March 3rd is super Tuesday, <laughs> California, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, uh, did Minnesota, you California? I did. Vermont, Tennessee, Whoa. Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and Maine are all voting. These states have 10 times the population of earlier voting states, and they're more diverse. So it's, you know, come on, please show up and vote. And uh, be cautious with your vote. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what it means. Don't go for that, you know, creepy guy uh, from Vermont.
1: You've been the smartest crowd in the world. Jennifer's been the smartest woman in the world. <laughs> I've been the smartest man in the world. The Meters are the best band in the world. I believe this oh. album's called, I mean, this jam is called Look a Pie Pie.
0: I heard this the other day and
1: I just thought it was great. May every page you turn be a central page. May every bell that rings for you be a cool public bell and if you have to buy bonds, make sure they're Gary. U.S. bonds. Wasn't it
0: Eddie Murray's birthday, too? Oh,
1: Eddie Murray. Shout out to Eddie Murray this week. Happy birthday. Man.
0: Majestic baseball player. Eddie
1: Murray. Eddie Murray said something to Jennifer and I at uh, League Museum Hall of Game induction. We were drinking after and he'd ordered pig popsicles, what were they called? Pork wings? Pork wings. He is hilarious and
0: delightful.
1: And one of the most genius baseball players you'll ever talk to or ever know. It was absolutely my honor to be in his presence. And he said, I just wanted them to play the game right.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right?
1: May every Murray, that you Murray, be a Murray with a fringe on top. I wish you nothing but love.